<laughs> Facebook went down a couple a couple months ago. Facebook went down. Yeah. You could not access your Facebook. Instagram. Yeah. You know what would make that never possible? The blockchain. Welcome to the Alpha Podcast, made possible by West Coast Customs and Neverland Studios, hosted by me, Jussup. Before we begin, I want to remind everybody that what you're about to hear is not financial advice, nor do we endorse any of the guests or projects on the show. This is simply meant for educational purposes, and oftentimes I'm learning about these projects in real time as we're recording them. While this is brought to you by West Coast Customs and Neverland Studios, the opinions expressed are of my own or the guests, and not of the companies. So without further ado, let's tap into the episode. All right, we are here with Abstract. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some NFT stuff that he's working on. Um, why don't you tell us what you do and who you are? So my name is Luke. I go by Abstract Musically. Basically, I just I'm a big creative. I like bringing ideas to life. That's kind of what I live for. I own um, a, an apparel company called Moon Fifty Two, which actually its whole ethos kind of is talked about and given context within my music. Um, but it also is a full, you know, we've done sneakers. We do, we just drop letter, letterman's hoodies, you know, just something as an artist where I want to do more than just slapping my logo on a, on a hoodie. I want to do, you know, interesting fabrics and interesting applications. So I'm just a massive purveyor of bringing ideas to life, whether that's, you know, music or apparel or doing, uh, you know, we've even done short films, um, just telling stories as self-expression in any way possible. Um, how long have you been into crypto and NFTs? I'd say about two years, heavily. I mean, I, I've dabbled for probably about four years, but fully being invested and actually having, you know, my thumb on the pulse has only been about two years. How did you stumble into this space? <laughs> I, I'm a huge supporter of the idea. So I came up through multiple eras. I, I was very early Datpiff. And back in the day, it was, you know, a lot of these kids these days, you uh, take for granted the approach that things like SoundCloud have. Drop a single, hope it goes viral, all this stuff. But back in the Datpiff days, we had to make full-blown albums for free. Uh, it was something where we were putting in all this work. You know, I had concept pieces and concept albums with you know, I didn't have a full entourage of people who could make original music for me. So I would rip things or sample things or make music, you know, based on what I could acquire. And we'd have to put it out for free just to gain traction. That, that was especially that Piff days. In the beginning, you didn't get paid for SoundCloud. You were posting your tracks, your payment was virality. And um, they really didn't have anything in place to compensate artists or anything like that. After that, we went into the YouTube stage. YouTube music channels were a massive thing for me. Swaggy tracks, first period music, um, best music for COD. But what it came from was a lot of, you know, COD players or Halo or anything in the you know, video game industry where people would make edits. They couldn't use music that was from mainstream artists because they get flagged. They get, you know, their royalties taken, all this stuff. So there was a whole community of artists who came up within that who could provide music in exchange for promo where these, you know, types of entities would be able to use music in their edits and not get, you know, flagged by the major corporations. So what I saw with crypto was a way to take back ownership of assets, whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's anything, not to say that I'm not thankful for where that took me by giving out my stuff for free for a long time. You know, I think especially 
and Instagram age and all this stuff, you know, photographers have lost a lot of their leverage. It's like you just post a picture for likes and that don't pay the bills. That's not, that's not going to pay your rent. It's great for clout. It's great for following. But I love that Web3 overall gives back ownership to people's creations, which is a massive thing that I think is overlooked in the space. And um, personally, my biggest efforts and what I intend to do is to try to show what is possible outside of the toxic headlines that a lot of people feed. And the toxic headlines come from a lot of people who are going to lose power by what this allows people to accomplish. And that, that's why I'm a massive purveyor for the whole space and I believe in it. That was a really long answer. <laughs> My bad. It's hard, it's hard to like, I'm trying to like piece it all together. And yeah. I, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years. So to take all the pieces and then show you how it leads up to my you know support of what this all is becoming and what it can be it takes that honestly and that's yeah. why i think a lot of people they don't see the upside of it because someone like me who's been it for 10 years and seen the evolution of it understands why it is so helpful and how it can enrich so many artists lives well and i think a lot of uh a lot of like when i'm trying to explain to people like why they should get into it or look at it and regardless of what you do professionally it's like you know originally instagram came out and everybody thought yeah, it was for photographers right like that was that was what it's for show off your photos now we have literally every business is like oh, i have to have an instagram i have to have a tiktok i have to have all these social media platforms so imagine being back when you thought it was for photography and someone was telling you hey you're a real estate agent you should check out instagram to to market now if you're a real estate agent or anything, you should look at Web3 because it's the same kind of place. Yeah. And, and I think if I am hearing you correctly in the sense of you saw these different eras of, of things and now you see Web3 as this is a new platform where you can leverage and get ahead of it while it is new and experimental. I mean, we're at the experimental phase. Oh, yeah. You're no, I, I, just for everyone out there, anyone who tells you they're an expert on what's going on, they're full of shit. Yeah, 100%. I constantly say that. I mean, oh, yeah. we're about to uh, get into all the different things that you're doing. And I, I think really everybody is just experimenting. We're all throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks and what works and trying and failing and shifting, pivoting, like, that's kind of what everybody is doing. I see a lot of people who are interested in joining the space and they have mm -hmm. never bought an NFT. They are not part of any community. And I would tell you right now to enter communities, 100%. You have to see what's going on. You have to support what's going on, learn from what's going on and see how you can add value to what it provides. Like, What are you working on? What, what are the several things you're working on? There's another big thing that I haven't really talked about too much. One of my favorite NFT projects is called Deadheads. Beautiful work. Just it's a great team. It's it's a beautiful idea, and I think their execution is going to be incredibly well done. It's basically the idea of owning IP within an animated series as an owner of a corresponding NFT. So, say this isn't something you're work on, working no. on. This is this is a separate. It, it's a very. It's one of the first, and it's one of the most um, interesting applications of NFTs I've seen. Okay, where you basically they have had an animated series on YouTube for you know, a, a bit. And basically what you can do is take your corresponding NFT, which is a character that can be used within their animated show on YouTube. You stake it. And what you basically do by staking it, you basically are saying, I'm not going to sell this. I'm not going to do anything with this. I'm going to lock it up for a bit in the hopes that you will use my character as 
one in your series in this animated series mm-hmm. and if it is used you get you know compensated for its use so you're owning ip within their animated series right. which i love I, I i think it's a very interesting application for nfts i basically reached out to the creator a couple couple weeks ago i basically got the part of i'll be playing a cool cat within their deadheads animated episode oh, um, cool. i believe it'll be ep- episode five i'm wrong i'm sorry i, it, I think it's episode five but yeah it, it was an opportunity for me as a creative i've always wanted to get into voice acting i am massively you know a part of that community already it was something where i could lend my talents as a you know i of course i'm an artist but i've done my own short films my own skits and stuff like that within my albums for you know eight years so to finally have the opportunity to be part of something outside myself in an animated series was a beautiful thing for me. I, I'm extremely excited. It's not a crazy part. It's not the biggest part, but it's a big thing for me where I'm able to be part of something in this way, which I love. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't have anything. I didn't know. Jessup didn't about know about that. Yeah. I haven't told him about it. I haven't actually spoke on this too much. I've alluded to it and done a couple cryptic things, but no one really knows that that's the thing. But yes, that, that's what's going on. This episode is brought to you by Neverland. And no, we're not talking about the California ranch. You're probably wondering, aren't you a founder? Yes, I am, and I'm not here to bullshit you. Along with my two cousins, Mark and Kurt, our partners Rob and Evan, and the world-famous West Coast Customs, yes, the guys behind Pimp My Ride, we're building a car customization, collecting, and racing game on the blockchain called Empire App. Empire App will sit in the Neverland world, along with the Meta Whips and the Meta Racer minigame, the Crypto Dad Dadlands mower racing game, and the ever-expanding metaverse that's going to continue to grow. You can find out more by visiting www.neverland.io. That's www.nvrland.io. Let's get back into the episode. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, okay, well, there was something I learned. What is the first time you used NFTs or Web3 in what you're doing? So I've been dropping these moment cards is what we're calling them with my buddy, William, uh, Polar Desert, who helped on a lot of West Coast custom stuff. Jessup's uh, one of his good friends as well. Super talented. He's someone who's more VFX, 3D animated, 3D modeling, that kind of person. We basically created these cards that immortalized one of my first shows overseas, Munich. Um, And Munich is actually one of my, Munich is my top streaming city in the world uh, that's just my biggest fan base that's anywhere. so crazy it's so wild i don't know how it happened shouts out to huge like there, there's a couple of german youtubers who have used my stuff for years and i think that's part of it you came from jackson hole wyoming where, mm-hmm. where i'm from as well and your biggest demographic is in <laughs> munich I'd like to, like, uh, we've toured overseas twice and did a lot of germany with jonas um years ago and uh we hit I believe nine different cities in Germany, which was beautiful. It was so cool to see. It was a crazy thing as an artist to come from somewhere that's so different and see people relate to it on such a wild level from an entirely different place from where you're from. That's so cool. But it just goes to show that like, I I love that because that's a beautiful thing where you can travel the world and you can experience it for yourself where you figure out that people are humans everywhere you go. Everyone's so, so afraid to leave their hometown, so afraid to travel, so afraid to see the world. And if you go out there, you realize that everyone's just humans making it through, like finding their way. Everyone is. And so I love that that's part of my story where I can literally sit here and tell you this right now that I came from somewhere you know, thousands and thousands of 
miles away from some of these kids and I go to where they're from and they respond to it like I grew up where they did. That's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So you're making these cards from yes. that show. Yeah, so uh, basically what they will be overall is there's going to be 25 overall. I've dropped six so far, I believe. And no other cards I release will act in this way. I do, I do have a plan of how we will evolve that. The first 25 cards allow you free access to my shows forever. Um, eventually will uh, allow you access to merch that's not available to anyone else, basically token gating. So these, there should, these are your true fans. These, yes. Yeah, yeah. These, these are, are diehards. Yeah. So this is even something like I haven't really started to market myself. I'm part of a lot of communities within crypto, but I don't put myself out like that. A lot of that is a beautiful thing because it's onboarding. A lot of these kids, you know, they're hitting me up. They're like, how do I make a MetaMask? Right. How do I buy something on OpenSea? How do I figure this out? So the current owners of the Moment cards are not Web3 native. So I basically have brought in a lot of these kids to a world that they would have not known about without what we're trying to purvey. And that's a... A beautiful thing. I'm trying to infiltrate better on the Web3 side and whatnot um, and bring in that community. But I think it's a really cool thing that the first couple we did, and I've been dropping since, I believe my first NFT we dropped, the moment card number one is March 2021, I believe. Yeah. So it was early before things got crazy. Things have gotten wild. I, I knew that they would, and I know that, and I know a lot of people look at what's going on right now, and they think, "Ah, oh, that's, that's it." I'm like, "No, it's you, not even you close." Don't know, dude. <laughs> you want to fucking write this off? I'm sorry for cursing. I hope I can curse in this, or you can bleep me out. There's things that come along, and you look at it, and you can either go, "I don't want to learn about this. I, I don't want to know. I don't want to." It seems like a lot of work to hit four different buttons. Yeah, yeah. That seems like a lot of work, especially in this day and age where you know you can get instant access with one click. So. I understand early on now, even, you know, we did West Coast Customs. I was out there in L.A. And, you know, there's a lot of crypto native kids there. But there were a couple there who were like, I don't know how this works. Right. Yeah. You're telling me I have to download a wallet and then transfer my, you know, USDT into Ethereum. And then I have to buy it. Like, for a lot of people, it's like, that seems like a lot of hoops. But, dude, like 200 years ago, how many hoops was it to get to the freaking grocery store? Come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't even know if they had grocery stores 200 years ago. Yeah, years. it's like even like raising your own cattle just to you can slaughter them and put them on a plate at the end of the day for your family. Like, come on, dude. Your yeah, four so, clicks, that's a lot. Come on. But and I think that's a good point, though, here. I keep saying this, and I think I'm a firm believer that all of this is going to get integrated so much into our day-to-day lives that people aren't even going to be real. They're, they're not going to realize that they're using this just technology. A, just a, It's literally nuts that our vaccine cards are on paper. <laughs> what are we talking about, dude? <laughs> We're talking about you have to carry around this little piece of paper that, that says that, I've been... That looks... <laughs> that looks terrible at the same time. And mine's literally disintegrating as we speak. <laughs> like, why is that not in my phone? Yeah, why yeah. is my driver's license not in my phone? Why is that not a smart contract? Why is that not an NFT? Why is my passport a piece of paper? That's nuts to me. It's so archaic. It's so archaic. And what people don't understand is that smart contracts solve that. Yeah. You literally could roll around with your phone, the thing that you have on you all the time. But it doesn't and it has even, all that information. But it doesn't even have you. to be on your phone. It's it's on the blockchain. That's yeah. the that's the best thing. Is okay, you lose your phone. Well, cool. It's literally on the blockchain. Yeah. It's there. It's saved. Yeah. Overall. And not on one computer. <laughs> Facebook went down a couple a couple months ago. Facebook went down. 
Yeah. You could not access your Facebook. You know what? Instagram. Yeah. You know what would make that never possible? The blockchain. Because it, <laughs> it lives on every single computer. It's yeah. not in one centralized space that could go down just because of a powder out power outage or anything. It lives on a lot of computers. Right. It lives on every computer. And it's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why? Why are we living so archaic about this shit? Come on. So, moment cards. What? That's not the only thing you've. Uh... So we're doing a couple things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm basically so with Moon Fifty Two. I'm super fashion forward. I enjoy creating clothing. Um, it's something that I have loved since a young age. It was honestly a dream before music for me. I, I was, you know, clothing. probably fashion. Yeah, I yeah. I think it originally came from. I grew up in Jackson Hole, so I was a massive skier. Same thing, you know, I grew up same town as Jessup. And uh, I loved the culture of clothing around that. Like, it, it's such a weird thing. I know in the Bay it's popular. I know all over, it's, you know, there was an era where it was popular. But Tall Tees, where I grew up, in this small town of Wyoming, were somehow a thing. Like, we all love that. We grew up on hyphy music. We love D40. We love Too Short. Like, it, it just happened to happen that way because the kids that we looked up to were putting this music in their edits. I was older. Yeah, <laughs> Jessup was older. But this I was, didn't wear a tall tee. <laughs> this was an era, though. It was a definite era, but that was fashion at, at our localized sense, and I was just intrigued by that. I loved, like, the, the cultural... We were taking things from the Bay and we were this small town in Wyoming where there's this bubble where we all were rocking that for some reason. I, I loved the cultural connection to apparel and I, I loved the storytelling and what, you know, wearing a tall team to me meant a lot more than just a piece of cloth that was longer than my freaking waist. Like it was something for me that told a story about what I'm into, what I relate to, what I care about. And so I think on an early age, I was like, you can tell stories through apparel. Like, you, you can express yourself. And I love that aspect. That was something for me where I think my earliest dream, uh, one of my earliest dreams was to be an astronaut. And then I saw one blow up. And I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that seems dangerous. <laughs> but that's when we go Instantly through. Instantly changed. <laughs> yeah. But it was something like... It was one of my earliest dreams, even before music, to make skis, to make outerwear, to make clothing and express myself through that way. So Moon 52 allowed me a way to create the sci-fi ethos that I also love. I'm a massive Star Wars fan, massive, you know, Marvel fan. And it was something where I wanted to create this this world that the music can live within while I'm still expressing myself in an extremely, you know, real way. I wanted to create this sci-fi aspect to it. So it's all about expression. But... To get to my further point, if you look at a lot of NFTs, there are certain attributes that we create within many different collections and whatnot. And 3D glasses were something I saw that pops up always. There's even people who have, you know, created a persona where they, you know, they go to these crypto conventions, NFT conventions, and they're wearing 3D glasses. So what I thought was, why don't I make a high quality 3D glass? Not, not paper, not something like that. I was like, why don't we make something that is bringing that non-fungible fashion to a fungible space? So it's like you can express yourself in the real world as, you know, it, it's a rare attribute. This, these glasses are a rare attribute that you can literally equip to your physical self. So I was like, why don't we create a good-looking, fashionable sunglass that has that 3D aspect 
and sell it as NFTs. What we'll basically be doing is the first hundred, you basically will buy yours and then we'll token gate where you can't access a way to input your address for shipment unless you own one. So you basically will be token gated. I'll know exactly which one you have and I will send you the physical version of that. And then what you have to do, what okay, what anyone after you has to do is buy yours, the NFT, for two times what you paid for it down the line consecutively. So every person who buys one or buys the NFT, if they want a physical pair, they have to 2x the prior price always. So so if I sell it, I get double. And then the next person gets double. Yes. And But not, like if I sell it to Sophie, <laughs> uh, I sell it, I don't have to send my glasses to her. You'll no. send it as long as you she proves that it was 2x. So the, I'm basically creating long-term value for the early believers in it. And it, it, you can say that I'm manipulating the floor price, but... but it's, it's interesting. It's like a, it's actually a really cool kind of unique... I've never seen anything done with that on a physical level. That's yes. actually really cool. And we're only making a 1,000. Because the other thing is, is, you know, like a lot of people are talking about attaching the physical where like... Uh, so when I was in... Uh, Chicago, they were they're working on some contracts where the physical is built into the actual contract. So, like, say I buy the Moon Vibe Two uh, collectible. It's called, it's called Moon View. No, 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 the collectible. Oh, okay, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. The, the the other one that you gave me. The vinyl toys, yeah. Yeah. So, say I bought an NFT that came with one of those, right? Well, now you have the issue of if I sell you the NFT, what if I never send you the uh, the physical product, right? Well, within the contract, they're gonna they're building out the ability to show that if the physical is not attached to it, it's part of the contract where it only gets completed once the physical is also filled. Sent. So that solves like some some issues of of uh, keeping those together. Yep. But I like your kind of this is unique. This is something that I've never heard anybody talk about or see. So I kind of I like this. I'm very curious. Again, goes back to throwing spaghetti, right? Like yeah. this is a very unique way to. Uh, well, my big thing was like if people are going to conventions and you know you know the board ape hundreds collab is a massive thing that people will throw on to be like oh I'm, I'm in the space like check this out you know. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want Moonview to be like, oh, someone's rocking some 3D glasses. It's like, oh, they must have a couple, you know, 3D glasses, rare NFTs. Like, that's right. that, that guy. Like, So you're only making a 1,000 physicals. Physicals, but they're... We're only making 100 NFTs. 100 NFTs, okay. So it has to be, each one has the capability of being resold 10 times. And the value and price will go up exponentially so as those are sold. What do you, have you thought about what's going to happen once they've hit the 10? That's it. That's it. Do you think the the NFT will lose value? I don't. I don't think so because it'll be connected to something that there's only a thousand physical pieces of forever. Right. And it's like you see someone with Moonview, you're like, you're one of the thousand, goddamn. Like you were in on this. Yeah, you and had I, to have. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's something where it's like long term value for me. I think is just within the physical, but right. I think the NFT will also have value because people know, oh, if someone's got one of those, maybe one person paid. 250 for it to mint maybe someone paid 100k for theirs you don't know. right you don't know but the cool thing with that we're doing is basically each case will be engraved with the number of the one that they oh it's not going to be engraved but it's engraved and then i basically will be writing in each individual one that is sold so you know exactly which one you own 
In which order? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun experiment. It's something where, you know, I have things where I know that they're more, we're doing Ellie and Ab domestic division, which is basically a hundred PFPs. There's only going to be a hundred of them? Only a hundred. I thought you were going to do more. We will. But um, there's multiple levels to, so domestic division is the first one. Um, okay. And it's it's basically <clears throat> Genesis. It'll be the Genesis version. But we have Alien Ab Galactic Division, which will be in the thousands. The Cosmic Division will be probably about a 10K. But everyone who owns the prior will have... So everyone who owns the Genesis will be able to get in on the Galactic one for free. They'll all be airdropped one free mint of that. When we get into Cosmic Division, it's going to be whitelisted for everyone who's gotten a Galactic or a Genesis. And then we're going to get into... We're basically going to do what Bored Ape did with a radioactive division where we're going to drop to um, the cosmic division, basically a um, NFT that allows them to mutate their alien apps. So it's just going to be an ongoing project. I'm really excited about, especially domestic division. There's 20 super rares that are based on all of my main biggest albums. And then there's five one of ones. And then the rest of the 75 will be more generative, but it, it pulls from our history of abstract merch, Moon 52 merch, all that stuff. So it's just a whole lot of my history yeah. built into a hundred, just a hundred PFP drop, which I think I've seen some of some of them that cool. And it, what's really cool yeah. about it too, is that um, the same guy who did all the art for all my main albums, Joseph Jenkin is the guy who did all the art for the drop. So yeah. it's not like it's just like I hired out a rando. It's yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. like the original guy, the same guy who did Superhuman, the same guy who did Kintsugi, the same guy who did something right at home about my biggest albums I've ever dropped. So it's not like we're just borrowing. It's like, right. no, like this guy is the guy who's done everything and he's doing the entire project as well. Is your brain hurting yet with all the things you've been juggling? Uh, I also have an album coming out. <laughs> <laughs> and I have three different EPs in process. I, I just, I... For a long time, I fought it, but I, I have heavy ADD. Uh, I've always had heavy ADD. And I figured out that the less I fight that, the better I do. Um, so yeah. whether it's, you know, I'm doing these three different NFT projects while working on my main album, while having two or, two or three different EPs in process, while making merch consistently, I'm happiest when I'm stressed as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am happiest when I'm living on the edge of my creative drive. I, I, I hate it and I love it at the same time. It drives me absolutely nuts. The people who are close to me and love me know this. And I'm glad they put up with me. But I'm someone where if I'm not juggling, I don't feel like I'm worth anything. I, 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 I hate that. It's something where my worth is in what I can bring to life. If I can't bring to life what my the ideas my brain comes up with, even if they fail... I did it. It's cliche, but I, I refuse to live with any regrets about any of my ideas because I'm constantly thinking and I, I want to do everything I think about. When do we expect the first gen drop? That's a big question. It'll be after the album at least. Okay. It, it'll be after June because there's a lot of Easter eggs in that too. Like I haven't even really exposed the name of the album, any of the concept. The PFP project is kind of chock full of it. So I have to keep that in my pocket until the yeah, cat's out the bag. <laughs> that's, that's what we got to do. Yeah. But another thing I want to, this is another thing with the PFP project. I am, my bad. It's okay. I feel like there's a massive misunderstanding of what can be done with smart contracts. And so a massive thing that I want to do with the PF project 
PFP project is something where um, a lot of companies are already doing it. And it's something that I want to show is possible. And I'm just trying to show people that it's more than just a freaking JPEG. It, it, the, the underlying, you know, technology that backs all of this, well, while there may be some BS out there and, you know, you may say, oh, that looks terrible. Why is that trending and whatever? The underlying technology is undeniable. Um, so something that we want to do with the Alien App Domestic Division is basically tie it to one of my songs, drop them in conjunction. So basically the reveal will happen. You, you buy yours. You're not sure which one you have until the reveal happens. And then you actually will own a share. You know, we it, it's a drop of 100. So each person who owns one of the NFTs will own 1% of the master royalties. So this is something a lot, it, it's nothing new. People are doing this. This is going on. But I'm trying to figure out how to do it in conjunction with a generative, some of a three quarters generative project. Um, Shouts out to Joseph. I, I don't want people to think that, you know, the entire thing was, you know, generated. And even then we're going to curate to make sure that everything is as beautiful and as uh, well presented as we can, as I do with all things I do. But what we want to do is tie that back to, you know, you have a percentage on the corresponding song that it's dropped alongside. So basically anyone who owns a corresponding NFT, one of the 100 will get the, will be paid out monthly royalties for the corresponding song. I think it's something that's incredibly slept on. And I know there's a lot of people who talk about this and may have gone over your head, but as an artist, I, I, I commented on it, DistroKids thing. They were doing a feeler about NFTs and so many people were so mad. And so it, it really pains me just the level of ignorance. I was like, will you ever introduce a way for us to fractionalize ownership of our songs to our fans? And I get the, the most ignorant comments of my life. It really, really pissed me off. I, it really messed me up because the lack of understanding of opportunity is ridiculous. There are so many people who are like, so you want to take more away from the artist than they're already not getting? And I'm like, no, I want to share the success of my songs with my fans. Right. Is that so wrong? Like, is that so wrong? Like, like, do you understand that if someone has a personal fiscal stake in the song that the success is going to be that much larger. Right, Do you know yeah. how much people will push a song if they have a personal stake in it? Right. If they're going to make money off its success? Come on, man. You don't see that? You don't understand that? Come on, man. You not, don't... not only are they now Come emotionally on. connected, which is what a lot of people do with music, yeah. now they're actually financially connected and yeah. incentivized. And when they push it, they <clears throat> win. And you win. And we all win. That's a beautiful thing. Bobby yeah. Hundreds talks about this all the time. I love it. I think it's a beautiful idea that... As if the value in something grows, the entire community behind it is paid out as such. I, I, I just don't, I don't understand. I don't see a way of this going where that doesn't make sense. And I think a lot of people overlook that. But I, I know I come from a very different background of I did give up a lot of my streaming income and a lot of my personal YouTube income because I was like going to these YouTube music channels and being like, yo, post my songs. And I don't want anything. All I want is the promo. All I want is for you to get it out there and give me. And I sacrificed a lot of money for a couple of years, but it gave me a platform. It gave me a yeah. fan base. It gave me a following. I gave that up physically. The, the short term seemed a little shit, but the long term, I'm now living off my, what I love to do six years. I've been doing this for six years full time. It's a beautiful thing. And, and yeah, I gave up shit. You're completely independent though. Like, completely let's, independent. Let's, yeah, not overlook that. I don't, I don't, there's no major label. There's no manager. There's nothing. I do almost half a million monthly listeners on Spotify. I never sold myself to anybody. 
And that's why I love the NFT things. I love self-ownership. I love being an independent entity who gets to decide what you are and what you do and how you do it. Is it dropping on ETH, Solana? I know we've talked about this a little bit. So that's the big question. It's funny. You said, <laughs> you text me and you said something about, it's exactly what you just said in this thing, but you're talking about Solana. And I said, go buy an NFT. Right? Remember that? <laughs> I do have, I, I own a lot of Solana. But I have never bought a Solana NFT. I know. And you were asking I about the community and then the, how it goes. And that was my answer. I was like, go buy one. I do need to. Go I buy one. Well, because I know the guy, but that's my big thing with, I know Ethereum's key and I, or king. And it's very interesting to think about how things will go. I know that we live in an era where no one came out on top of streaming. No one did. It's shared. We have Hulu, we have Netflix, we have Amazon Prime, we have HBO Max, we have all these things. And no one came out on top. It's just who has IP in these particular realms. Right. And I think that's the way blockchain will work out as well. Oh, I, I don't think that we'll, there will come a time where everyone else is canceled and we just are living on one layer. I, I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. I think it'll the different layers and different blockchains will have their own IP, much like the our streaming era. But they're also going to be a lot of um, communicating between them. I love what Solana's doing. I, I love what Ethereum's doing. I'm, I'm a huge fan of great origin stories. Vitalik has that. Ethereum just is a beautiful evolution of an idea. I think it's very flawed. One hundred percent. It's not terrible experience. It's not. It's not what we all want. It, that's the hardest thing for onboarding. It's like, yeah, you want to buy this? Here, you also have to pay a hundred extra dollars. You have to pay one hundred fifty extra dollars. Maybe. Like on a good day. Oh wait, no, you waited too long. Now it's got up. Now it's got up. So sorry. <laughs> oh wait, it dropped. Nope. But yeah. Oh yeah, you want to mint that? There's a gas war going on. Have a freaking great time. No, you missed it. They're all sold out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like this is real. Like anybody that's done it is like oh. laughing right now. Oh, it's a pain. Dude. It's <laughs> such a pain. But it is king. Ethereum is king. There's things that, you know, we have Bitcoin maxis or very much. They see, I think it's wild when I see things where literally anything that's not Bitcoin is a shit coin. Like Ethereum is a shit coin to people. I know. And it's so much more use case within Ethereum than Bitcoin. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> I know. Lightning failed, dude. What are we talking about? <laughs> And fail. Like, like the use case, I know that it's just NFTs right now, but it's not even just that. Like the smart contracts built into NFTs, like I'm talking about, like shared music royalty, that's a massive utility. Yeah. You can't do that with Bitcoin. It's not happening with Bitcoin. Where's that? And it's been around the longest, but that's the big thing. And Bitcoin's even longer transaction times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even <laughs> I'm a massive Becker fan, Alex Becker. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I know like a lot of, I know he ruffles a lot of people's pedals. I like him. But he gives it He gives it to you straight. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love how it gives it to you straight. And he's right. I mean, uh, the hardest thing about Bitcoin or even Ethereum, layer one, is, um, you know, how hard is it to go into a building, gut the entire thing, and build it as it should be currently? Bitcoin's archaic at this point. I'm sorry. Right. But, but, but there's a lot of things about it that are archaic. And there's a lot of people who took, it, it's a great blueprint. It's a beautiful blueprint for what a lot of people are building. But, you know, how hard is it to go into the building and gut the whole thing, take it all out and build it for the current era? How hard is that when, when there's a lot of, you know, projects that are just building from the ground up correctly well, I off mean, the blueprint? Ethereum was one that is also now trying to rebuild yeah. Ethereum, too. Ethereum's and it's, okay, too. Yeah, yeah. 
And there's a lot of people who are, you know, doing beautiful things. I think Cardano is, we're not sure how the cards will actually fall there. I mean. Avalanche. Avalanche is a great uh, one. AVAX too. is a great one for yeah. sure. There's a lot of people building some beautiful things. They're, one of my favorite things is Chainlink. I'm a massive Chainlink fan. I mean, Sergey is, uh, you watch any podcast or interview with this man and he's a genius. He is 100% certified gigabrain. And I know this from not even, you know, people shilling on Twitter and, you know, we have our NFT pushers and whatnot. I know this from developers. I know people, I know developers who look at Sergey as a genius. And that's why I'm so, excuse my, you know, it's bullish. That's it, all I can think of. Even on something like, we're talking about an Oracle, we're talking about something that services all sides. It, there's so many projects. Every project that has somewhat traction is utilizing Chainlink to a certain level. It's because you're not you're not even investing in a blockchain or anything or a coin or anything. You're investing in pretty much a protocol. You're investing in the underlying genius in a lot of these things. I know that we went into kind of a tangent with that, but we're not even talking about blockchains right now because we're talking about <laughs> Chainlink. But I'm I'm talking about a lot of people are investing in these things, and I you know they see things on Twitter and trending and whatnot, and I know that it hasn't been the most well-performing thing, but I'd encourage people to actually learn about what they're investing in. That's a big thing. Because I think a lot of people see a trending coin or, a, a, oh, this guy bought that. Let me go buy that. Right. It's like, actually learn about what you're investing in and why. Because we can do quick flips all day. It's a it's a massive thing within NFTs. But if you want to play a long play about smart contracts and how they might actually change the entire industrial world then know what you're investing in because these things are going to take the hell off right you you collect nfts i mean oh, yeah. i know the answer to this but oh yeah so what was the first nft you bought actually west coast customs was it yeah i i was learning so you were creating nfts before you actually purchased one yes interesting which i feel kind of bad about because well, i wanted I mean, to be a part of the community before i started to utilize the community but it was something where yeah we were at west coast customs in la um i came out for jessup and william and it was freaking beautiful. It was so well done. You guys killed it. I can't say that enough. It was one of the most beautiful physical manifestations of an NFT drop I've ever seen. It was it was very futuristic and really painted the picture of what it all can become, which I loved in a physical space, which a lot of people don't do. Let's go. No, you guys killed it. But yeah, I tried to do it on, I don't own USDT. I don't really do that. I, I would. So I actually went back to my hotel room at the end of the night and bought one of the Mario Kart ones because uh, William's, Polar Desert is, that man is a freaking genius. Um, we've been doing a lot of stuff for a long time between VFX and my music videos and stuff like that and 3D modeling. And um, it was just such a cool opportunity to be like, oh, like I want to support Jessup. I want to support William. Like that'll be my first. Um, and then I'd say the first time I invested in something outside of myself, uh, Dapper Dinos, because I think it's a great project with really good people at the helm who care. And um, yeah, that was that was my first first two. What uh, was the last NFT you minted? You guys, <laughs> as I said, oh, I was like, oh wait, I might have bought a Skull Trooper. I might have bought a Skull okay, Trooper. Cool. I, I'm a big Deadheads guy. Even not not even just the. I I was into Deadheads before I was able to be a voice actor in it um, because I think they have some beautiful 3D art. Like I, I think they're. I gotta check these out. I, don't, I haven't seen them. They have their original ones, which is just the regular Deadheads, and then they recently put out Skull Troopers. And what they're about to try to do 
or what they will do, they, they've raised enough funds. Um, they're going to basically create a, they've been doing the YouTube animated show. And like I said, they're on episode four, episode five. I'm not sure when it's coming out, um, but I'll be in that one. They did the initial Deadheads ones and then Skull Troopers was basically to fund their efforts to get into Netflix or Amazon Prime or just a, a larger streaming service with their, you know, IP and uh, show. What I was talking about earlier, I think the beautiful thing of the shared IP is so cool. Like even yeah. Nicky Diamonds just did his Board Ape collab. Um, huge shouts out to him. I, I love what they're doing. Um, I have three crypto dunks and uh, he owns... I believe three or four board apes and they basically went back and forth and then put out their own merch drop yesterday sold out sold out earlier today which is super dope but i just love the idea of shared ownership of ip i know there was some big stuff with crypto punks that went down about how that actually works out with them and that's their choice that's what they choose to do i'm a massive i i, I know people get mad at the monkey jpegs but you want to talk about a brand that has created massive value in that amount of time dude oh, like yeah. they will teach this in business school they will it, it there's no one has created such ip out of thin air in like what is it eight months yeah, yeah absolutely nuts absolutely nuts it's something that's you can get mad about the art i don't care dude come on man look at look at look at as a brand the kind of success that is that's a that's mind-blowing and it shows what you can do as well. I'm going to get on a tangent a little bit. But there's people who operate from a mindset of scarcity or a mindset of abundance. And if you operate from a mindset of abundance, you're not going to be shit talking NFTs about monkey JPEGs. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you could be working. You're going to be. Yeah. If you want to take your time to just talk shit on Twitter about a bunch of people who do not care how you feel about them, I promise you. Uh, they do not care. And uh, a lot of these people have had their lives changed by this type yeah. of stuff. They paid $250 for something they can now resell for $300,000. They can buy homes. Yeah. Come on, man. You There's some people, and I know that it seems very elitist, but the, the early the early believers are not elitist. They're people who believed in the project, and the, the project delivered. Yeah. And now they're winning. Let them live. Come on, man. It's so <laughs> dumb. I, I'm so done with people being mad about this stuff, dude. Like, you get mad about it, go build something for yourself. If you can replicate it, do it. Yeah. If you can't, then shut the hell up. One hundred percent. Shut the hell up. All right. So, shouts out to Ivan too. We've talked a couple times. He's with Moonpay, and he's onboarded a lot of these. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Celebrities. You, so, so you have talked to. Yeah, Moonpay. I was talking to Ivan a couple couple weeks ago. <clears throat> we just were Instagram DMing back and forth. Um, yeah, I was gonna actually hit hit those guys up. I mean, he's uh, what what they're trying to do and what they're trying to push is crazy. They're literally yeah, yeah. expanding this IP that is out of thin air. Yeah. And just creating this movement, which is, I, I love music. I love creative, you know, expression. And I'm, I got a lot of soul to share with the world. But at the same time, as a businessman, I appreciate what these people are doing and how they do it. Because it's unheard of. Yeah. To create that kind of value out of something within eight months is absolutely nuts in any, any realm. Yeah. It must be respected. <clears throat> it should be respected. It should be I mean, studied and, and like not even just you know a lot of people are saying things like uh you know the board apes there's there's not going to be another board apes and this and that but i mean you can take a project that has done a fraction of that and they have still done something pretty oh, impressive yeah. i mean some of these like are, are doing a few million dollars that's a fraction of what the board apes did and, and is doing that's, that's like change people's lives <laughs> oh, yeah. it's something where i i i think yeah. it's a massive lesson in how as a brand if you can deliver to your community you win 
Always. Yeah. Um, if you can care about this is what this is why I continue to win. It's because I care about my community. You would DM me, I'll DM you back. Right. I'm not too cool for you. I you have a question. I even had someone I, I announced Ellie and Ab on Instagram and someone just knee jerk reaction. If you're making NFTs, stop. And I hit them up personally. And I was like, here's what we're trying to do. Here's what I hope you can understand. Um, I'm sorry if there's a lot of things that you've seen from the space that turn you off and give you a knee-jerk negative reaction, but here's what's possible and here's what we're trying to do. And at the end of it, he was like, well, I hope they're dope. I'll buy one. I'm excited <laughs> to see what happens. Like, literally, yeah, like yeah. I didn't knee-jerk reaction go, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Well, I was like, let's have a conversation, man. I, I, and I get that. Because that's important. On, so it's funny because I get that on... Um the it happens more often on the Instagram of the West Coast Customs Instagram, and uh, I'll take the time uh, to thoroughly explain, break it down because some people are like, "What the?" Like, well, this is the thing, yeah. Jessup. I I'm incredibly perplexed by the fact that people are they're like, "Oh, there's so much energy that's energy that's consumed to make an NFT and all mm. this stuff." First off, that's not true. What happens is Ethereum is a bus. Ethereum is a bus that is going to go from point A to point B regardless of who is on it. That's the way it works. Right. Regardless of who is on it, the same amount of energy is going to be expended for its existence by one person making an NFT that does not affect the bus route at all. It doesn't. It's going to go there whether or not you are part of it or not. It's going to go there. And here's the thing. Our current system of creating currency, how much money is spent, dude? It costs two cents to make a cent. What are we talking about? <laughs> like, like I mean, we're, we're talking about something that we can get to a point with Ethereum and Bitcoin where it's 100% solar powered. We can. Right. Well, then there's other chains that are consuming less. Yes. And there, yeah. There's massive. Yeah. And that's the big thing about the Bitcoin freaking argument. I'm like, yeah, the first car had terrible mileage too. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. it didn't. So the first car, <laughs> the first car was actually electric. And then we figured out that we could take the stuff that was left over from kerosene that we used to power our lanterns and turn it into gasoline. And everyone discovered that that's a great way to make money. And <laughs> that's what happened. So the first car was actually electric. Overall, the first car, the first gas car had terrible gas mileage. Yeah, Why yeah. would you think the most archaic version of blockchain wouldn't be the least efficient yeah of course it is but there's a lot of people who are doing it way better and also the entire system that's built on the blockchain blockchain can be entirely green our current system cannot so you're gonna bullshit to me about what can become green for what will never be green yeah get the hell out dude like why do we even have coins coins are ridiculous <laughs> dude that's what i'm talking about the two cent it costs two cents to make a cent yeah, yeah what are we talking about and look at our inflation it just freaking you know i'm not republican or democrat i land somewhere in the middle i'm not a trump fan i'm not a biden fan don't come to me with any of that stuff biden like printed money out of thin air like i, I believe it's like 60 percent of stuff uh, 60 percent of money in circulation over the last two years was printed in the last two years so 60 percent of money overall was printed in the last two years does that not alarm you does that not make you feel like we should have a better system and it's also crazy because our current credit cards are run off of a ledger. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's a blockchain, <laughs> dude, except with a whole lot of hoops to jump through. That's exactly what it is. It's just literally you paying money with your little card, and it's deducted from your little you know, number signs in your All bank right. account, <clears throat> and it's just money. It's just digits moving around. What is that? That's a ledger, dude. That's a blockchain, dude. What are you talking about? Like, why is that? Why do you not see that as the direction we're going if that's already the direction we're in? 
<laughs> what? Well, I mean, say like we're and then we take those credit cards and add them to our Apple wallets, and you know, some states are allowing you to add your driver's license to the wallet. Like, why are those not NFTs? One hundred percent, and they will be. Yeah, eventually, yes. And that's why some NFTs will come out on top too, because I I don't think people <clears throat> understand that the early iterations of the technology that's going to run the entire world in ten to fifteen years are going to be valued extremely high because they are the first iterations of the technology in use. Not, even if they're not shitty investment deep, advice. No, not a, not <laughs> investment advice, but some of these more you know um, successful projects are going to go down as extremely valuable because they're the first successful iterations well, of. That's why the punks are yeah. valuable. I mean, the art isn't spectacular. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Let's be real. Uh, but culturally, they're significant because yeah. they're one of the first iterations. And Bored Ape is one of the first iterations where it was celebrity-backed IP. Like, it, like it's almost like Nike. It's almost like Adidas. It's almost like it's the same thing as the Swoosh. Like, especially Twitter introducing the PFP stuff. It's that like, was cool. Yeah, you're you're literally it's the same thing. You're wearing a swoosh as your PFP. New verification. It, it's digital flex. Uh, and I this is another big thing I want to talk to people about. If the metaverse freaks you out and you don't think it'll be the future, you've never put an Oculus on. I'll tell you that right now. If you put an Oculus on, you'll understand why our digital selves will become as valuable as our physical selves. It's something where we are gonna get to a point. And this is another, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, the, the future is not dystopic like that. We're not all going to be in goggles. I think AR is going to be a huge part of, part yeah, of our future. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had this conversation with someone the other day. I mean, imagine having these sunglasses on with your AR going, you're literally in a park with all your friends. You go into a setting where it turns on laser tag and you guys are all running around. You, your glasses can see that you have your hands in a certain shape. They basically hand track that and you're running around a park playing a game of laser tag no one else sees. The future is a massive, you know, you're at home, you plug into your VR if you want. But when you're out, AR is going to be the massive thing. It's going to add another layer <clears throat> to your reality. Imagine you're at a live football game and through your AR glasses, you're able to see where the down is. You're able to see all the animations they put on the TV live right. at the game. Yeah, yeah. You're able to see the score in the lower left of your, like, Everything is right there for you. I, I think there's a lot of applications for AR, which will involve NFTs 100%, where it's going to actually not take away from our physical experience, but add to it. And you can say it's weird, and it, but there's so many things. This is one thing, Jessup, I absolutely hate. Well, I'm it. sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. But, uh, you are the longest podcast we've had so far. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I see these these comments from people on Instagram who are mad about NFTs, and they're like, Go outside and touch some graphs. I'm like, you're on Instagram, dude. You're sitting here on Instagram. Why aren't you outside touching grass? You're in the metaverse. Literally. You're literally yeah, yeah. here. You're in the 2D metaverse right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You're literally sitting here commentating on things that you're mad about in the 2D metaverse. You're here with us. Yeah. You're mad about the metaverse? You're already here. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Log off of meta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like, I hate that stuff. I hate that stuff. And also looking at it so dystopic, if you see it so dystopic, start to build in a way that will make it not so much. Right. If you really care that much. Go do it yourself. Yeah. Guide it in the direction you think it should go. I think AR is going to be huge. I do. Me too. Yeah. I, I think I'm hugely interested, and this is why I think Nike bought Artifact. I think 
digital wearables will be massive. Mm-hmm. You have your AR glasses on and you're able to see what your friend's wearing. And uh, another thing Bobby Hundreds talks about a lot, I have sneakers I don't wear. I look at them. They're beautiful. They're they're like little statues to me. They're these beautiful works of, you know, apparel art to me. I'm not going to wear them. But if we start to make things digitally in the same way, you can argue about the energy cost of blockchain and whatnot. But what happens when we start to buy a digital file instead of a physical piece? So what are we doing? We're not consuming those materials. We're not adding to the amount of money it takes to transport those materials. Right. We're not adding to the amount of money it takes to run the company that has to assemble the entire thing and get it to you. So actually, what's the positive impact of consuming on a digital level versus physical? It actually, at the end of the day, is going to change massively how we consume things. You know, if you have your AR glasses on and you have some pair of like digitally rare sneakers going on, everyone's going to look at it and go, oh, that's tight. And it's the exact same effect, except all those physical things that you had to go through to get those originals won't take place. Right. So actually, it's a net positive. We're talking about energy consumption. I think the... Bro, you <laughs> you talked about so much stuff. Sorry. No, it's all good. Like, I hope people who are just getting into this space can... It, it can kind of eye open a lot of the things that they're curious about. And then, um, and you know, the, the dialogue that's been thrown around specifically the energy consumption well, stuff. Even my big thing is I think we have to lead with narrative. I, right. I even saw this thing the other day that was like, they're selling Kurt Cobain, something NFTs. And I'm like, why are we doing this stuff? And then someone like clued me into being like all the proceeds go to charities. Yeah. And I was like, well, that should be the headline. That should be the narrative. But you give so many people so much fuel to hate on it, to be like, oh, you're making money off a dead guy. Da, 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 da. Right. Because you make it that the headline. That's the headline you choose. The, he- the narrative has to be in support of what's going on. Yeah, 100%. If it's about a charity, then lead with it, dude. Freaking let people know what can be done. There's a big misconception about like what is an NFT and what yeah. the use case is. And um, like you said, when you lead with... The narrative. They're selling Kurt Cobain's sh- shirts. Why do people get so worked up when you say the NFTs versus a shirt? Well, I think a lot of companies know too that it's going to cause interaction, and yeah, everyone yeah, wants yeah. interaction because it drives the algorithm, even if it's negative. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I it, hate. It does it more if it's I negative. Hate. That's a big thing too. That the, the freaking algorithm, dude. It, you know, back in the day, we'd go to mu- good music all day. Tim yeah. Weber, good friend of mine. You trusted him to tell you what new music you might be into. You trusted him. Yeah. He was a human who was consuming this stuff, reporting back to you and going, you might like this artist. Nowadays, it's just this monster of an algorithm. is manipulated 100% of the time by major labels, by pay-to-play, by a lot of things that people aren't even aware of. And they find these artists in ways that are not organic and are being pushed to them by... Hi, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know, I know. It's it's messed up, I know. But that's why I think with the blockchain too, we do ha- need to just, I think a big technology that has to come about, I'm a huge believer in music NFTs. My good friend Pat Dimitri is uh, massively pushing the space in that way. I think the big thing that comes out of it has to be almost a discoverability factor. I don't know how that would work into a smart contract, but if there's a bunch of people selling music NFTs, we have to have a discoverability 
aspect to it so that these people can be found and shared. You know, we're all kind of chained to the algorithm, especially as me, where do I want my next paycheck to be determined by this program that, you know, maybe it'll love me this month, maybe it'll hate me next month. So that's a big thing too. And at the same, leaning into that more, I think what people don't understand about NFTs is the system that's set up currently to pay out artists for their work is supremely messed up. Yeah. It's so messed up. Point zero zero, you know, four or five cents per stream. That's nuts. And then even when it comes to albums, why is everyone's album worth the same amount when not the same amount of money and the same amount of work goes into every album? That's ridiculous. It, the, the industry has decided that our albums are worth 13 to $10. Nipsey Hussle was one of the first people to go, I'm going to make mixtapes. You got to buy it for $100. And I think that was a beautiful move. Uh, give, you know, putting value back into the true value of your art and what it should be. Why, why can someone make a painting and decide that it's 250 or you know, 300,000? They decide that. Why can't we decide that? We live in a, an era where you know, 10 to $13 for an album is just a standard. And if you do anything else, you're weird. Right. Like Nipsey Hussle went out and did, you know, this costs $100. That's the value of my work. Take it or leave it. How much do you value me? I think that's a beautiful approach. And it's not even a capitalist thing. It's like some of these albums take, you know, I've had albums that cost me 15000 to make. That's it. That's the, that, that's what I put into it. You're telling me that at the end of the day, what I put fifteen twenty thousand $20,000 into is worth $10? That's nuts. I, I'm all about the art. I'm all about the soul. I'm all about, but at the end of the day, we all got to live. So I think NFTs give value back to the artist. Full circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited to see all these things that you're uh, you're putting together come to fruition. Thank you, and same to you. I'm probably going to have to mint one of these uh Glasses. I got you. Moon views. Moon view. <laughs> Bring in crypto fashion of the physical world. We're going to see what we can do. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? So you can find me on Spotify, just abstract. Um, you can find me on Instagram as abstract307. Facebook, you know, abstract. Twitter, the true abstract. I'm so sorry they're not all the same. Um, I've had a lot of arrows of my life. It just is what it is. <laughs> Abstract the rapper on YouTube. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming over and making this happen as I'm traveling through. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Justin. I appreciate you. All right, man. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.